Bearcat Bounce Podcast, back at it again. Happy Monday, guys. Happy Monday. We need to do a study on Mondays. Mondays are, are quite interesting, but Mondays are also a Monday. Monday is a time where I get to come on here and I get to chat with my guys, you know, but also it's a Monday though. Let's let's not get too far off track. It's a it's a Monday where the Bearcats coming off a, a, a thrilling come from behind. What the heck is going on? One of the crazier games inside and out. A tale of can we say a tale of three minutes and then the rest of the 37 minutes? I don't know. Can we? It's kind of crazy. But it is a Monday following a win, a quad two win, if you will, over that team from Orlando, the uh, Disneyland, Disney World, pardon me. And then it's also a Monday following the introduction of a key member of the football coaching staff. And a Monday where also a, a release of a new, exciting, off-season hype video for year two of the Scott Satterfield era in the Big 12, Bearcats football in the Big 12. It's also a Monday where we get to get excited for a – Kelsey Super Bowl yet again with the addition of one peace swizzle Monday. Uh, it's also Monday where I am going to bring in the guys now, the pals, the crew, everyone back together again. That's right. Aaron Smith, Chad Brendel, Ryan Royer. Gentlemen, how are we? I feel like, uh, I feel like that was like an old school JTM commercial. Remember uh, Bronson Arroyo and Chris Welsh? We're together again. Oh, baby. I like it. Remember that, Aaron? I know you oh, remember I, that. I do. Ed sang it on PTP at one point. <laughs> a full I just song, did like the one line. Song? That's it. I'm pretty sure he, it was the whole song. Because isn't a Bron Bronson a singer? A royal? Well, yeah, something like that. A rock star. He sings. I don't know that I would call him a singer. Right. But he does sing. Worthy enough for a rendition on the PTP, or uh, you know, I, I think that's pretty good, right, Aaron? Rest in peace. So. <laughs> but Chad, other than that, man, how are you? How are we? I'm tired. So sick um, and tired. I yeah, I don't think I'm sick. I just think with the Kansas trip and then the volleyball trip this weekend, and you squeeze that into like six seven days i think my body is angry with me i think is really what's actually happening and the right roller now. coaster of emotions on saturday oh man yeah. How about that, that game Oof. can't wait to so like there. got up this morning at seven with kelsey and then uh didn't really have anything to do until like 9 30 10 o'clock to go to the the tyson bite press conference shouts so I was just kind of laying there scrolling through TikTok and I dozed off and my alarm went off because I knew that was a possibility. And my body was just like, nah, fam, I'm not getting up. And I'm like, no, we, we got to go. My body was like, no, uh-uh. I don't think that's how this is going to work. Uh, my brain eventually won, but my body is still not very happy. My mind's telling me no. But my I'm body. A, a yeah. Gotcha. Don't ever gotcha. do that Go again. Way. All right. All right. Well, Aaron, sir. Uh, long time. Two week layoff. Well, well, and by the way, Chad, nice sweatshirt. Digging it. Digging thank it. You, thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But Aaron, how are we, sir? Doing good. Ready to get the show on the road after a almost two minute intro before we even drop the overlay screen. Oh, 
Whoa, already taking jabs. I, you You're know what? sassy Sorry. tonight. Jeez, no Pete, man. I, the I, only I human rough... interaction I have all day long is with a, a screaming toddler. I had a rough day, and you know what? Maybe I stumbled a little bit. It wasn't my best open. No need to throw you know, dirt on top of an already sad man. Jeez. But how are we other than that? I got him for you. I Thank got him. Thank you. <laughs> but now for the big show. My man, Ryan Royer. Back. That, you're just going to skip Aaron now? You don't care how Aaron is? Well, I mean, uh, we're going to go back Ready to get the show on the road. There you go. Ready to get the show on the road. Okay, Royer, how are we? Doing great. Missed you guys. Uh, just got back from another trip myself, Chad. I was out in uh, D.C. visiting my buddy. I mean, my roommates nice. went out there. Uh, did a little trip. Did a ton of walking around, seeing all the stuff. But it is like the third time I've seen it all, so I wasn't as thrilled to be walking all over the national uh, capital. But, yeah, did a lot of drinking, not a lot of sleeping. So <laughs> I'm in a lot of pain as well. But, you know, this is going to help me get through it, talking to my boys right here. Does it all look the same? What do you mean? Every Like the monuments and stuff? Everything that you've already seen, yes. Yeah, it, same shit, except now there's, like, different shit under construction. The Lincoln Monument was getting uh, some sort of renovation or re whatever they call that when they go yeah. back to it and touch up, touch up. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> um, where we went to the Washington Monument, the Lincoln, the White House, and then the Smithsonian National Museum or whatever. Did you go inside of it? We went inside. Wow. We went inside. Is, isn't Rosetta Stone in there? I'm I making that up. I'm probably making that up. Let's let's <laughs> some there's something crazy in there. I thought I, I don't know. There's like a we saw like a a boat that came over from England to the col when the colonies were first settled. Oh, it was hmm. like a from the 1600s almost. I think is when. The Nina, the Pinta, or the Santa Maria? Oh no, not the. It was like the. It's like a Philadelphia boat or New Philadelphia, but I don't know. It was it was pretty cool, but. Well, I mean, that is know, the peak level of excitement right there. Who, who gives a shit about cool. this stuff anyway? <laughs> it's, it's let's talk cool. some. Let's talk some cats. Yeah, I thought, I thought Aaron was, was throwing a little prestige worldwide on us there. Isn't that what it is, right? Prestige it worldwide. Is. Yeah. yeah. Prestige, prestige, worldwide. Well, you know what? Prestige worldwide. Um, you know what? That's a boat. Uh, but if you were driving a car and prestige worldwide, you, you lost a little sight, you got a little, little you know, Little something going on. You're looking at the monuments. You, 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 you know, scuff up your tire. You, you, you do something that needs a little help with your car. You gotta head over to Danco Joe at Danco Transmission and Auto Care. Danco Joe will get you hooked up, get you fixed up. It was great seeing Danco Joe and his brother down at the game against UCF. Fantastic seats. It, it, they were sitting right behind the, the the basket, and I hear that they were. They did a good job letting the players know who found out when to sit down. I think they were a a part of that, so um, it's going to be it's going to be exciting to head to head over to Danco Transmission. I don't care and just talk to Joe about 
that event, and then he'll hook you up with either ten dollars off another change or ten percent off your next fixing. Uh, I talked to Joe before the game. He said once a year they they splurge and uh, get some seats down on the floor and 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 have a have a nice enjoyable evening. And that happened to be Saturday. It was good to there see him. Go. There we go. And, and, and you know what? I, I, I know UCF has some sort of way about them or whatnot. And we're going to dive into the conversation about them. But shouts to Dan Cotrans, which is an out of care one last time. I, it, it definitely feels like, I don't know if it's necessarily bad blood, but it, it feels like there's an extra bit of chippiness out on the court that I saw on Saturday. You know, obviously there's there's been a lot of aggressive physical play, but this game felt like there was more chippiness, more, you know, outside of uh, of Dylan Disu getting getting in the, the, the fan base's face. Uh, this was a situation where it seemed like UCF players were really getting heavily into the game. You, you kind of feel a little bit of a familiarity between both sides and, and kind of just carrying that into the Big 12 where, let's be honest, UCF has done pretty doggone well in the Big 12. Uh, even though the record might not fully show that they they pulled out some big wins, um, but they didn't pull out this one. They they looked like they might have been able to to sneak one out, but a final of sixty eight to fifty seven, eighteen points in the second half for those Knights of Gold out of Florida Central. And I tell you what, man, it was a the craziest first three minutes of a game, all the way to the rest of the first half that I think I've ever seen in in a basketball game of any sort. Um, but it was a win nonetheless, a win that shows up as a quad two win right now, a win that is truly, it's actually a pretty, pretty big win when it comes down to breaking down the tournament, uh, resume and the tournament, you know, everything that goes into trying to get called into the big dance and as close to a must win as you could get at this point, Tad, Aaron, you guys already discussed it a bit on the nightcap after the game on Saturday night, but golly, that was a a strange game, but one where the Bearcats at the end outlasted the Knights and come up came up with a uh, a, a net bonus eleven point win. Was there a question in there, Aaron? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a conversation, you know. So so you roll with it. I I don't need to ask a question. This isn't an interview. This is a conversation. I mean, it was is the win they had to have. I mean, that's it. It wasn't so much as like a must win. I think as it was a can't lose. Like you can't lose that game because you know you still have a gauntlet coming up. Yeah. So I mean, wasn't you that lose like that the one. First, oh, sorry. Go ahead. The first um, unranked, unranked match. Opponent? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and now we got. Three more in a row after this. After West Virginia, yeah. After West Virginia, yeah. That's it just crazy, doesn't man. stop. Like it's unbel- you know. unbelievable. Yeah, so I would call I agree with you, Chad, on that point that can't lose that one because it might be the easiest one you're gonna get in a while, so to say. Here's here's something I think that hasn't been touched on yet, Brent, that I think is important. That first half was extremely frustrating. Yeah. But if you're looking to keep it in perspective just a little bit, I still thought Cincinnati played pretty damn good defense through the first half. 
-hmm. And UCF made a bunch of hand-in-their-face contested shots from distance, be it mid-range or three. It wasn't a layup line. Guys weren't getting beat on backdoor cuts. They weren't zipping the ball and just, you know, taking wide open rhythm threes. And against some of the teams in the Big 12, that is sustainable for the other team. For UCF, it is not. Let's be honest. This is a team that shot 15.9% from the floor for an entire game against Houston. They were going at some point, like, I don't know. I think there was four four or five minutes left in the first half, and they were shooting 68% from the floor against good defense. Right. And then they went ice cold to end the half. And then in the second half, they shot 6 of 29 from the floor, 20.7%. And they only made three threes, and they only went to the free throw line four times. That's how you hold a team to 18 points and a half. But I don't think the defense was considerably different half to half. Mm -hmm. I just think UCF made a bunch of shots early and then uh, regressed to the – I mean, think about that, Brent. They were shooting 68% well into the first half. Like, almost at halftime, they're shooting 68%. And for the game, they ended up shooting 36. Yeah, I mean, you're completely right. And, uh, you know, there's there's one player in particular, and, and Aaron mentioned him in the uh, nightcap, is Marcellus Avery, who, in the non-conference, you got to give him a little bit of look back in the non-conference. He, he did shoot uh, 45% from three. So... It was it was kind of one of those, you know, he's probably shooting a little bit out of his ability right now. But then once But how many did he actually hit, have? Uh oh, like, a lot. He was he was four for nine one game, three for six another game, three for four, two for six, three for five. So a, a good amount right. of volume. Um, but coming into this to, to the game, it's it's one where he's only made one in all of Big 12 play. And he missed about 16. He he was only averaging 3.5 coming into big tw- coming into this game on on Saturday night. And then yet again, it's it's he found his shot a little bit. Knocked, what happened? Down the first two. What happened? Well, they had two, two players starters were out. Yeah, that were out, and he and was so. given an opportunity. Guess what? The kid's probably pissed that he played pretty well in the non-conference. It right. wasn't in the rotation anymore. Yeah. Like, hey, don't forget about me over here. Yeah. I and he came he, out hot. He came out hot and then he he started to look like he was like trying to try to get a little little like LeBron in his game, trying to break down, break down people off the dribble. Yeah, but that's it, when it fell apart. Maybe that's why he's yeah. been on the bench. Right, right. Like, it was like, all right, LeBron, all right. All right. And then know. he air, airballed it through a little bit later. But you know, it, it was one of those things where it's, you know, it Wes even mentioned it in the post-game press conference where it was like, okay, it seems like this team is actually kind of, you know, they're we were playing sound defense. They were hitting tough shots, and you know, I, you look at another player. Sellers is a guy that just continuously just makes he's tough really shots. Good. Yeah, he's really good. I, I like. I him mean, a lot. you put anyone. I, were was Cincinnati after him at all in the uh, portal? I don't remember. Yeah, he he's a guy that, I mean, anytime he touches it, you feel like he's got a bit of a a threat to get to his spot that he wants to get to and make a shot. I mean, 12 points. It almost felt like he was setting up tough shots. 
Right. <laughs> he was trying to get to the tough shot and then hit it. Yeah. Damn, son. It, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, have the Roy, Roy, were you able to take in this this game at all on Saturday night? No, sir. <laughs> I've been bad lately. I'll tell you yeah, what. You're, you're I'm always good. doing something on the like I was in DC. We were out fucking running around right and stuff. And they don't have they don't have priorities of Bearcat basketball games at the various spots we were at. <laughs> yeah, you you'd have to You know what? Those. You know what works great, Ryan? What? You got those earbuds and then you you get the game on your phone. <laughs> And I you tell people I got I'm games. important <laughs> and I got shit to do. I gotta watch the I, I gotta educate the people, talk to the I people. Know. <laughs> I know. But well, I well let bad. me set this set the plate for you a little bit, Roar. Okay. So one team was up 15 to 6, three minutes and 20 seconds into the game. Okay. I you I the that team was down 12 at halftime. <laughs> yeah, that team ended up down 12 at halftime. So it was a roller coaster. Oh my gosh. Okay. And then that team outscored the other team 41 to 18 in the second half. Wow. <laughs> it sounds it, like I missed a good one, man. Uh, uh what's it? Trying to it was the worst of times, it was the best of times. Yeah. What's the Will Farrell thing when he's yelling about emotions? Is that from the other guys? No, I'm in a glass case of emotion. Yeah. Is that the bad man who punted Baxter. Yeah. <laughs> Anchor man. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. Throw yeah. a burrito. Clearly what it was. Literally. Oh, 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 Joe. Joe, don't don't you worry, buddy. I wore one last week. Whoa. Danco Joe. Look at the drip. The Danco drip, baby. Little, little Danco drip. <laughs> but yeah. Your head I, is so big. It looks no, like a not. reservoir tip on the top it's, of your head. We got we got a biscuit head over here. It's actually not. <laughs> there we go. Danco. Look, as but someone yeah. with a huge head, you have a huge head. I got okay. you, Joe. I got you. <laughs> you know what they say, Brent? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean. You can't have a big brain this. if you don't have a big head. Yes, sir. Half of it, half of it's true. Admit, I thought the same thing. That's why I put, I put in. I, I don't know. I'll think. I'll figure it out. Joe, right about your Robin Amara stop. No, <laughs> no, I'll put on the other one here soon. But uh, yeah, oh yeah, boy, so um, about your Robin Amara stop. That's outstanding. Yeah, I, I mean, it was, it was games. Some games are tail two halves. Some games are, you know, broken up into segments. This was like the epitome of like winning the first four minutes. And then going ice cold, and then making adjustments in the second half, finding a way to win. Um, one of those, one of those key things that had to happen was aggression was amped up in the second half. Uh, downhill attacking was up in the second half. Some highlight real plays were up in the second half. Transition was up in the Transition second. Transition was up in the second half. Um, you know, you guys kind of touched on it, Chad. You you mentioned Newman. Uh, quite a lot, and, and Aaron, you, you you backed it up. The the warrior that is John Newman. Let's let's go ahead and put that 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 fire, that zest that the both of you brought, and then I cap into the BBP about John Newman. When's the last time you remember John Newman getting caught on a screen? And he's yeah, guarding it, the other team's best player 
every night, yeah. every second he's on the floor. When do you really remember John Newman like getting caught up and his guys just catching and taking a wide open shot? He does that man is job. an animal defensively. Like slithering past it. You know yeah. what I mean? When was, yeah. when was the last time you were frustrated with anything he's done on the floor, for that matter, outside right. of the free th the missed free throw at the end of the game? Like, that's the only thing that I can think of this entire season where I've been mad yelling at the TV at John Newman. Outside, yeah. I, can, yeah. I can name probably a handful of every other player on this roster that I've been It's frustrated. an interesting case study, right? Like, because, let's be honest, if he is, if this is the John Newman we got last year, and he's on that team with David DeJulius and Landers Nolly, and you have that stopper. That's a tournament team. Like they they win enough games to get in the tournament. I'm wholly convinced of that. Especially, yeah. But in the American, but, especially, yeah. But I don't even want to think about what this team would look like without John Newman. <laughs> yeah, I. You know what? And and I think Aaron made this comment. Go on. You're you're starting to see it become infectious. Um, where I think CMOS had some really good defensive possessions on Saturday. He had a couple he, of his best individual defensive possessions. Right. Like they isolated him. They were trying to take advantage of him, and yeah. he got the stop. Yeah, I would right. agree with that completely. I, and and you you've even seen Dan really take a step up on his mm -hmm. defense as well. And well, you know, we, you know, we don't talk about enough defensively. Who, Day Day is an animal. Oh, he's against well, the other team's point. I guard. think that's just I, an an innate thing with Day Day coming in. Was just I brought him up after the uh, on the uh, on the nightcap the other night. And we're not talking about it enough. Like he's another one. That's why this team has been so hard to score on. Mm -hmm. Is because Newman and Day Day don't get caught on screens. Like you, right. you just don't hit them. Yeah. They go right, right over the top of it, right through it, and and they're right back in position within a step or two. Like there is just no room for comfortable offense but, when those two are on the floor. And None. then you've got bigs that clean the glass after yeah. after miss shots. It's that's a recipe so, to a good defense. So am I? Tell me if I'm crazy. You are. But. I think Aziz Bandago. Yeah, obviously. I think Aziz Bandago is worth whatever you could possibly imagine just on his prowess on the defensive glass. Oh, it feels absolutely. like when he is on the floor, it's one shot and done. Whether he gets it or he wipes somebody out or whatever, like wipes yeah. somebody out. I mean, he boxes them out and doesn't right. allow them access to the ball, and somebody else comes in and gets it. But just for his defensive rebounding alone, that guy is is worth whatever it costs to get him because they are one of the elite deep rebounding teams in the country, and they are at their best when he is on the floor. Oh, there's, there's, I, I agree wholeheartedly. There's no, no doubt about that. He, uh, you know, even to a fault, uh, you know, you saw a possession late in the Oklahoma game in the second half where another player who is really good de defensive rebounder in Victor Locken. They're both going after the rebound at the same time, and you know it, it was a Aziz accidentally knocked it out of bounds. But you know it's it's a situation where you look at Aziz Bandego, and, and I want to pull this up real quick. He, he's not quite available yet to I I don't know what the game threshold is. I'm I'm actually surprised he's not available to show up on on the rankings. But some of it the, is because of the back injury. 
Like he yeah, missed right. additional time. Defensive rebounding percentage. If you would take his numbers at 28.2%, he would be at 14th in the country and in all out of all players in defensive rebounding percentage. Um, that's, that's crazy. And, you know, he, he high points it. He can, can aggressively go and, and get boards on both sides. And you know what? He, he's a guy that like, is not afraid, you know, like his back obviously had that issue earlier yeah. in the season, but he still is going recklessly after every rebound, just aggressively pulling down yeah. at pretty much everyone. And you well, throw in Dan Trent, offensively on the other side. Oh, yeah. You usually guys like that are because they're so big, they're area only. Like they right. rebound their area, but they don't move well enough to go get it if it's on the other side of the rim. Mm-hmm. Uh, these could wipe you out on the left side and then go get it on the right side. And that's one of the things you have to do to be an elite defensive rebounder is, is you know, you, you, you just happen to be, like, when the shot goes up, you are where you are, right? You yeah. can't only be, if you're going to be elite, you can't only be able to rebound when the ball comes off in your general direction. Right. You got to go get it, and, and Aziz can go get it. Man. He absolutely can. And, you know, I – before we move on from from Newman too much, I'm I'm going to bring up with what what uh Danko Joe's bringing up here. I that Newman dunk is is up there as dunk one of the, of the best. Uh, yeah, I, I mean one of the best. Period. Uh, did you see it, Ryan? Out there. You did. I did. I mean okay. that was just just go go from the top of the 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 key all the way down and just yam it on someone. I. Yeah, I know you guys have been raving about him, but I think he he's like the perfect example of like a, a program guy, a guy who do, does all the right things, and it's just like finally getting his chance to be healthy, and he's just producing in every level. I think he's our most valuable player. He's our best player. Okay. I think Dan is is pushing, like Dan is entering the conversation, but from start of the season to now, John Newman had built a considerable lead as the best player and MVP, Ryan. It's both. Yep. I think you can give Dan offensive player thus far, but we're close to it. And John averaging, well, he's right. I think they're right at about the same, aren't they? Uh, no, I think I think Dan's higher. Um, but not by much, maybe by like one or two points. Okay. Dan's got 11-4. Dan, Dan had 11-4 coming into this game. John had nine five. That's what it's shown okay. on. Dan Dan's at eleven nine. John is ten flat. So there you go. Two points for Dan. Yeah. Um, the the thing though, the reason I say that is John has been more consistent. There's been less of like twenty seven and one. Right. Yeah. Where you end up averaging fourteen a game. I I mean we in, had Norstan. We had uh, Stetson Dan. We had Baylor Dan. Then we had birthday Dan. So yes, yeah, so it's kind of kind of spread out like that pretty evenly. Unfortunately, Kansas Dan didn't become a thing. Kansas Dan was close. If they won, Kansas Dan would have been the best Dan. Kansas Dan might have been like NBA draft people chirping Kansas Dan, but uh, yeah. man, that first half was 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 something to watch. And, and even in this one, the, the the first three minutes, Dan had what three. Very impactful plays in that first little three minutes of the and, game. He had, he had a three, he had an and one. Well, he had eight points in the first yeah. three minutes of right. the game. It was insane. But uh, 
But yeah, the uh, the Newman dunk, and yes, I'm going to give New- Newman his flowers because John was was one of those guys where in the off season you just not that he was a question mark about his playing ability. It was just the whole injury thing, and I'm not going to. Oh no, right now. people were questioning his playing ability. Well, I I'm talking about personally myself. Um, I'm just saying there were plenty out there that were like, even if he's healthy, right, he's not good enough to help this team. Well, I I think you saw. In the in the one season he, where he did play, how much he was he just had an impact defensively and aggression yeah. and just diving for loose balls, kind of just that intangible thing. And I mean, any team will take that. But you just constantly were thinking about is he ever going to fully be healthy? I, I tell you what, that, he is out there, springy as all get out, tough as all get out. It, it plays like he's got a constant chip on his shoulder. So and and. Aaron, I agree. It does seem like he's kind of pulled back a little bit on shooting his three too much, which which I don't know if that was kind of kind of by his own you know recognition and thought of you know maybe don't force things, but he's he's playing within himself and he's playing at a very very high level. Yeah, yeah. I mean, winning games is what it's all about. So whatever it takes. The, the craziest thing is we we talked about it already, but. With this team being down 12, winning by 11, they're, they're figuring out ways to win games that just don't make sense to me. You just dropped the worst, like, eight-line cliche I've ever heard. Winning. Whatever it takes. Got it. Got to go get the win. That's, that's, I mean, it was like the, you know, like the, the coach, like, right at the end. Winning. Whatever it takes. Let's go. One, two, three. Hey. Yeah. That's called filler to get to formulate the point that you want to make. You're in the industry. You know. Come on, man. I mean, yeah. You got to do what you got to do. Whatever it takes. It is what it is. That's handling adversity right there. Uh, but, yes, John John has been – he's been great. You know, he's he's been way better than – I think anyone truly imagined other than maybe Wes Miller and the coaching staff. And yeah, well, no better than you imagined though. No, this is who I was talking about. John was supposed to be right last year. Right. But I mean, we saw this all last off season. The only question this off season that I had was how long was it? How many games was it going to take for him to like trust his body? And it took yeah. like two. And I know, but I just mean overall, like right. the way he defends the way he, I mean, he puts his body on the line. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and he, you know, they, they do that little baseline out of bounds play for him where like he finds them open and like, you could easily just like lay that in real fast and, and get it, get two points, but he goes up and he dunks it every time with two hands. Yep. Like that's just, Momentum. That's just getting the crowd involved. Get getting your teammates excited. It's I, energy. I, I mean, it's Effort. energy. Yeah, yeah. And and we do have to give also some flowers to Rayvon Griffith. If, if you watch the replay of of the game, he is the first player up on the bench every time, cheering everyone on, especially on that dunk. It finds him. He just doing something crazy over there. So shout out to him as well. But um, I want to talk a little bit more about Dan. The fact that Dan is. You know, has 21 points on his 21st birthday, and yet Wes is still saying Dan is just scratching the surface. I'm, I, I'm honestly afraid of what the other 
the rest of the Big 12 in the country might see if Dan finally breaks through the surface because this scratching of the surface is pretty amazing. He's he scored over 20 points four times this season. The rest, there's four other players, Day-Day Thomas, John Newman, Vic Locken, who have scored 20 or above at least once. Only Day-Day Thomas has done it twice. Dan has done it four times. Uh, it, it's just you're, you're starting to see Dan, who's, who's confident in himself. He, his, his efficiency numbers are up. He's not, you know, making a bunch of careless decisions. He's knocking down shots at timely, timely spots in the game. But yes, the consistency is going to be the main thing. Can he carry it over to Wednesday? Will be obviously a, a, a telltale sign. But you know, it's it's a team as well where Odio Guama off the bench has a big game as well. I think you can't really see too much about. How, how good certain players really stepped up when needed to in, in a certain time, especially Dan, especially Odie. Um, a lot a lot of things to like coming out of the uh, the win on Saturday. You're seeing less and less of like WTF Dan, right? Like you're still, it still pops up a couple times game yeah. as he, you know, is still figuring it out, but it's the same thing I talked about at the beginning of the season. However long it takes Dan to be a comfortable, you know, high major top of the roster scorer is however long it's going to take this team to begin to reach its potential. Right. Guess what? He started doing that right at the beginning of Big 12 play, and this team has felt like it is on its way to reaching its potential since then he's that important like he can do things nobody else on the roster can do with the ball in his hands he's got offensive skills that nobody can replicate um and the better and better he gets and the more he believes genuinely believes i'm one of the best players in this league the better the program is going to be right yeah i mean you saw the the one pass that he had on that fast break, Aziz was wide open. You know, if, if if he gets that pass in there, and I'm sure you know, as as times continue to to wear on, and he just continues to get more confidence in every facet of his game, that pass will become easier, and Aziz gets to dunk on that fast break. So you know, it's it's just simply just getting more and more bows of confidence on top of things. Um, Aaron, thoughts on on CMOS and Day Day? Those those two guys. I tell you what, yet again, getting more open looks. CMOS got one to fall. But I tell you what, when those open looks start to fall and, and they both still seem to be confident in, in what they have, it's going to be pretty scary. Because, I I mean, you watch Day-Day in, in pregame warm-ups and, and before halftime, and I know you can't really put much credence into that as well as, at all, but he's knocking down these shots. Like, it, it's the threes are falling when, when there's, you know, not a game situation. So it's there. And CMOS, of course, every single miss that he has, it seems like it's literally just right there to falling through. Um, I feel like there's going to be a game coming up soon where one of the two, or if, if not both, start to catch a little, a little bit of fire from the field. I'm just glad CMOS can pass the ball because otherwise I'd be wondering why he was getting 30-plus minutes a game. But um, that said, uh, he's clearly been struggling to shoot. Uh, this was a game where – 
He's realized that he's in the F word that Chad used that we're not allowed to say. And I didn't say that. He only, Brad Chendle, sorry. Uh, He only ends up two of five and one of three from from three. Uh, He did have a a clutch floater down the stretch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That said, he's still not afraid to shoot, but I think he finally realized I can't be shooting up 10, 14 shots in a game if I'm only going to be making three. So I was happy to see him know his own report card and uh, or scouting report rather, and uh, just just kind of keep it contained until he feels more confident in that shot. Uh, that said, that pass to Odie was sick. On the other yeah. side of the coin, though, with, with, with regards to Day Day, Day Day's been playing again, not one of his his finer offensive shooting nights. Uh, nine points, three of eleven. 0 for 4 from 3. I don't – He had the, there were some threes that he had to take. There were At the end of the clock, he's getting past the ball late in the shot clock, and what else are you going to do? He, that's not a shot right now that I don't feel he's looking for. Um, but how do you get out of these shooting woes? You have to try and shoot your way out. Uh, we've seen him make these shots, especially early in, in the non-con um, when he was wide open. It's not been one of his uh, – it's not been friendly to him in the conference play. That said, he's getting better and better as, as a passer as this conference slate has continued on, and we've started to see the assist numbers in turn go up, and that's been clearly been a point of emphasis for this offense. Yeah. And defensively, he's a dog. Yeah. D-O-G, dog. Yep. Well, yeah, and, and just his – his ball handling, breaking, being the one-man press breaker, is is pretty fun to watch. And like, who who's that dribbler on the Harlem Globetrotters back in the day? Was it Curly or I, I don't know something that it could just Steve, dribble his way out of Steve, anything? Curly yeah. Neal was like the 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 ball trick guy. Okay, okay, whoever it was that was really good at handling the ball, he he looks like that when the other team goes with the full court press. He's just. Dipping and diving, getting through, uh, getting through everything. Oh, but, they, they would start to send a double at him, and he would just be, yeah, right just past it, right around him, just I, dribble right past the guy that was running at him. He he is fast, man. That he's he's got explosion like none would else. You, would you say elite speed? I, I, I'd say above elite speed. How about that? We he, all he's like the fastest the guy with the ball since Devin Downey. Oh, a blast from the past. Skipping over the uh, the old, uh, which shouts to to Mikey Saunders and his new place, uh, McNeese State. They yeah. they're one of the best low to somewhat majors, but uh, yes, that's that is mid major, whatever. Right now, Day Day is is okay. a blur when he when he has the ball on a fast break. You guys know I was a big Mike Sanders Saunders guy. Loved yeah. his family, knew his mom, knew his dad, knew his little brother. Right, like big Mike Saunders guy. He is not. He is not up there with Devin Downey and Day Day Thomas. He's no. in a tier below that, and that's okay. A lot of good players in that tier. Oh yeah, Day Day can hit the gas and like stop start at high speed, right by it. So Bearcats are three and four in the Big Twelve. Obviously, have been yeah. in every game. Um, obviously, had had chances to win multiple of those games went through the gauntlet that Royer uh, mentioned earlier. They are dead last in conference play in both three point shooting and free throw percentage shooting. So, uh, you know, it's, it's something that tells you 
They've struggled mightily in those two departments and have been in every single game. That means that defense has been elite. It means rebounding has been elite. Number two, defensively throughout conference play and uh, defensive efficiency. And then, of course, right there on the top at, with, with rebounding, battling against these uh, bigger Big 12 squads. So um, Wednesday is West Virginia. Uh, road trip to West Virginia, uh, a, a team that is very interesting if you – Take a take a look at them, um, but a team that you know they they've added back. It, it looks like in, in their most recent game, uh, Jesse Edwards returned from an injury. Uh, they kind of are easing him back. The big man transfer from Syracuse, who really is their best player if he's really going. Raekwon Battle is is a scoring machine, who got the uh, his eligibility when you know Jamil Reynolds got his during that whole process. Kirk Kreese is a name that. Everyone's familiar with with Arizona. Um, I tell you what, they have talent. Like, they, make no mistake, they have talent. Yeah. They've not played well consistently, but they beat Kansas. Like they have, mm-hmm. they have shown that they can jump up and get you if you let them get comfortable and have a good night. You know, I I saw it was they were out rebounded by Oklahoma State. It was Oklahoma State's first win of the season. Yeah. Uh, on the road, they were out rebounded by seven, and I believe Oklahoma State is the worst rebounding team in the Big Twelve. So, we're you know, first Oklahoma State's first Big Twelve win. Yeah, season. first Big Twelve win. Yes, yes, correct. So, um, you know what? It's it's a game where you want to continue riding on this high that the uh, second half kind of built for all the Bearcat fans and really helped Aaron's wallet from all accounts that I've heard. Uh, got to go out and got to win on the road at West Virginia. He made seven bets. He won twelve dollars and eighty-three cents. <laughs> hey, that's uh, five bets, and it was a little better than that. But I, I'm just messing with you. Oh, is that half a pack of diapers these days? Oh, man, I have it. Four di- it was He won four diapers. Aye, aye, aye. They got to wash them. <laughs> Crazy. Expensive. Oh, wow. Look who it is, Bob. Bob's showing up in the comments. Robert! How are we, Bob? My man. Um, but yeah, so it, it's going to be it's gonna be an exciting game. And hopefully one where, you know, you, you got to win this one, right, Chad? It's a, it's a seven-point Ken Palm spread right now. Uh, it, it's one where you most likely, I, I think it should stay quad- Three, quad two, maybe. It's way too far out to to know. Like hey, we're, just, it's, we're, we're nowhere close. <laughs> we're in February, but yes, yeah, it's it, it's it's an important game. Yeah, there's what seven, six, six, seven more weeks, six more weeks of the regular season. Yeah, like, th- there's so there's, that's twelve games. Everybody's essentially 11, 12 games uh, left in league play. Like there's. You definitely don't want to see the spreadsheet I've made. If you have the time, more power to you. Hey, it was more power it, to you. It was Saturday morning, I, I felt the felt the need and and got it done. But uh, yeah, Saturday morning we were driving. Or oh, we, that was the day before we left. That's right. Yeah. I know you didn't work on anything during the the ride to Kansas City. No, no, You're no. Just they're watching football in the van. The whole you're time. you're a full week behind, brother. This past Saturday, when you were in Indy at the volleyball. Oh, that didn't count. 
By the way, that my trip brain, Kansas, my brain doesn't count that. Trip to Kansas was 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 top notch. Bob, yeah. it was great seeing you. Oh, sleep, oh, sleep, 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 sleep. sleep. There we go. I love it. I love You're it. You're the best. Um, You're the best. Aaron, quick, quick thoughts on uh, on West Virginia. I'm, I'm kind of filibustering before Royer comes back so that we can riff with him. Um, I don't know. As much as people said that UCF was a must win, I feel like this is an opportunity to steal a game on the road. And these are the ones that I'm not going to call this a must win game, but this is a, a huge opportunity for this team to put themselves in a good position, stealing one on the road. There aren't many left that you feel like, yeah, I think they got a pretty good shot to go, you know. Right. Kansas State's tough at home, Houston. Like, you're just, you don't have a lot. Oklahoma, TCU, teams that have already beat you at your place. Like, there's not a lot of a lot of meat on the bone when it comes to going out and stealing road wins. Houston. Yeah. <laughs> right. I said, yeah, Houston was up there. Yeah, I mean, uh, only road games left, West Virginia, Texas Tech, UCF, TCU, Texas Tech, Houston, and Oklahoma. Yeah, those are all the ones I just named. Nailed it. Maybe you can pay maybe you can pay back Oklahoma on the road, but I think yeah, going and winning at TCU, I don't feel warm and fuzzy about. Yeah, now you get no. John Newman on Emmanuel Miller, so um I like at least some of that matchup, much like I did the first time, but yeah, winning there after you already beat them once. Right. Good luck. Um, one quick thing. I, the, the whole Rothstein tweet today about CJ caused a bit of a stir amongst the fans. It's like the whole, like, I don't getting I don't ready why. to think about coming back to practice or something. I, I think it's just weird wording, if I'm being just, honest. Don't say anything. Right, like, right. CJ Frederick has not returned to practice, but the whole coaches hope that he's getting close. How about right. that? He farms he farms people interacting with him on Twitter. I don't know why anybody's surprised by anything John Rothstein does. I know, but I hate well, I hate him. I have him muted. I don't I don't ever see anything he tweets. <laughs> yeah, well, luckily there was a bunch of other uh national college basketball personalities that Found themselves on the X quite a lot today to somewhat overshadow the whole what was Rossine talk about side. So yeah, I think he's it's in the clear. But it's been it's been interesting, and I can't wait to dive in after the PPP. Um, but as far as that goes, huge win against UCF. I you know what those guys uh, you could tell the UCF players wanted that one really bad. Uh, is one last thing I'm going to say about it. Guess what? They see the Cincinnati the same way Cincinnati sees them. We've yeah. got to win this one. Right. It, it, the crazy thing is, Chad, it, and I can say this now that the game has passed, if UCF won that game, UCF is now in the bubble conversation. They, they've got one bad loss. They've got a handful of really good wins. And that Cincinnati game, that's, that is a top-tier big-time win at Cincinnati. It was, so, it's a Tier 1 road win. Yeah, Tier 1 road win. They've got the win against Kansas. they got the win at Texas. That's, that's three quad one wins. So, um, you know, it, the fact that Cincinnati was able to, to, to really buckle in, get the win. Kansas was at home, but it's still. 
Yes, so quad one. Yeah. Top ten. So. Right. So you know what? That's a big win. Now West Virginia is next. It just doesn't stop. West Virginia, who you think is is like an easy rollover win? Guess what? They've got a really good roster. Really good roster, and one that is, as Chad has already mentioned, beat Kansas earlier this year. Um, so here we go. You guys want to timestamp this, and then uh, we'll we'll get on to our is next there- segment. That is a timestamp brought to you by Quick Paper Supply, your local and family-owned restaurant supply company for all your non-food products. They service over 150 restaurants with weekly low minimum next-day deliveries. They provide a wide range of food service products from to-go containers, cups, custom-printed products, eco-friendly, and much more. They also have cleaning and restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs. Call Nick, 513-470-2029, and reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. I saw Nick for the first time Ooh. Saturday, Brent. He okay. Was, he was just Where's to he the at? right of us. Really? He was sitting just to the right of us, and he sent me a text, and I look over there, and he gave me the head nod. I'm like, hey. What's up, bro? So, yeah. I, I saw Nick how, for the first time. I love how quick your paper supply, baby. Quick paper supply. All right. <laughs> this this new segment is going to have – an old segment. We're bringing it back. Yeah, yeah it's an old – but going to be new, but it's going to be fun. And next week we're going to be able to, t- to tell you a little bit more about it. This is a little bit of a tease before. I'll tell them. Oh, I'll okay. Go ahead. Roll with I it. think we're, I think we're in a place where I can say what's happening. Okay. We're still finalizing things, but we are entering an agreement with new rift distillery uh, down by the levee. And that segment that used to be riffing with Royer is now going to be new riff. In with Royer, brought to you by the new Rift Distillery. Gonna have that new that yeah. little slang with like the apostrophe. Gonna make it yeah, look like new Riff in with Royer. with Royer. It's gonna be really aesthetically yeah. pleasing. You know, you're not a bourbon guy though, are you? I do like bourbon. It's just okay. whenever I when, when I'm going out, it's the tequila. But if uh, I do enjoy me some bourbon, I just don't. All right, take well, man, I'll tell you what, you. Chad and I were we we were not gonna let the other one stop with it, it as as long as he was pouring another glass i was pouring one with him and we did not stop <laughs> until uh we said all right gotta go to bed there's about that much left it was really good wasn't it it was good where where were you guys we were in kansas i took the bottle did i show you the bottle that they gave me with the bcj logo no, you, you, never you told me about it yeah um we took that to kansas and popped it open okay so a bottle Have of yourself- malted rye oh. <laughs> at like 12 30 in the morning yeah let's go Our friend bob had some correct yeah it was good it was really good so i'm excited the dude, to... the dude in the back of the, of yeah, the band bob's the guy in oh the yeah my favorite Give shout out to bob royer shout out bob royer, you probably oh, know bob's wife do you know phyllis with the you short hair her. you've mentioned her before i guarantee you've met phyllis before yeah bob just kind of hangs out in the background that's why he's the best. He's a he's beast. The perfect road trip guy. Like he doesn't need to be the lead character. He's content <laughs> picking his spots and uh-huh. executing those spots at a high level. Let's go. Sounds like well, me back in my glory days of UC. <laughs> Unless you're playing ECU. Oh yeah. So had to steal the had to steal the spotlight for for one brief moment of my life. Oh, yeah, one shining moment, some might say. One make a wish. 
One make a wish. John Cena actually came down to the sideline after that. But you couldn't see him. (laughs) All right, Roy. Roy, let's riff, baby. You want to riff? Let's riff. We riffing? We riffing. All right. So I think, you know, being that I am a football lover, I think we should start off with our new DC, Mr. Tyson. So... I'm wondering your guys' takes on what are the biggest changes we're going to see in the defense with him and what position groups do we see – what position group do we see as showing the largest improvement um, going uh, through next year compared to this year? Brent, you want to go? Uh, I, I mean, Chad, you were at the press conference. I was. But, I want uh, your opinion. I don't have to always think, go so, first. So, so the biggest change, I think, Royer, uh, and I'm not going to get too much into X's and O's, but it, it, it does seem like he's got he's got an, an understanding where, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Chad, but th- this is his first like official like defensive coordinator role on this level, right? He's been a head coach at the D3 level. Right, head, head coach at the D3 level, can, and then kind of you know, was yeah. a linebacker's coach at – at Iowa State for the last nine years or eight years uh, that he was saying. Um, I, I think that the main thing is, and and I don't know, Roy, you can correct me if I'm wrong with this as well, but I feel like sometimes defensive coordinators have the, the thought where they've got a scheme and people are going to run their scheme no matter what. And that, you know, they're, they're going to try and make it work. And, and if it doesn't work, they're going to keep pushing and finding ways to make the scheme work. From what I've gathered from the press conference um, today, and then also just kind of like seeing things as well, I, I think there's a scheme in mind, but I think it's kind of uh, an open open interpretation to, to actually look at the personnel and see the best way to make that scheme work with the personnel, if that makes sense. So, um, yeah, I think it does. I saw his quote on that, that he was open in the watching film and kind of evaluating his players to see what kind of defense he wants to run. But I, I don't know his whole defensive history, how he's um, how his defense has evolved. Whereas like, if you look at fickle, like fickle ran four down his whole career. And then all of a sudden he went, Oh, three down. Now this is our thing. This is our defense. And this is what he hangs his coat on now. So I'm not sure if, Ty- if coach Tyson has had any bit of that kind of transition, yes, but he has. Okay. That's good. So I they mean, essentially the changes. So you got to change your scheme up too. I mean, this offense, offensive college football is just always on the move. Matt Campbell essentially created this, like this version of the three-three-five, uh, which instead of having two corners, two safeties as a nickel, and a nickel has two corners and three safeties, and. Um, They're aggressive. They're not crazy aggressive like, you know, some of Brian Brown's defenses were. Uh, They are aggressive. They will get after you a little bit. Um, But it's just another version of putting a more athletic body on the field to defend some of the stuff in this conference. I think the biggest question is going to be if they like for me, for them to successfully run this. Is there that hybrid safety on the roster that can be the third safety that can make plays at the line of scrimmage 
cover smaller guys. Like if you're eliminating a nickel, that safety is going to have to be one of the guys covering slots and tight ends and running backs and, you know, and then, and then still being aggressive downhill because they're playing closer to the line, still being aggressive downhill to uh, make plays in the running game and be used as a blitzer and, and, you know, things kind of like our old buddy, Mr. Pace. (laughs) Yeah. Type of play. Similar, similar, but he didn't embrace it. Like, you know, potentially he could have, uh, and I think it cost him, but um, yeah, something similar to like, do they have a guy that fits that mold? Because if, if they don't, it's it's going to be tough. I think that the area that they're going to be most improved at is preparedness. And by that, I mean the fact that Vite has been in this conference for, I believe this is going to be his ninth season. Uh, in this conference, um, eight obviously with the Iowa State there, uh, he's seen this conference through and through. Um, you also have not necessarily by by hiring him does this improve that, but you're also going to have just another year now for this staff in place to where they're just having more familiarity with this roster, and I think that's all going to be nothing but a good thing between the the two things there. And I think that this team defensively is going to be far more prepared this upcoming season than they were at any point last season. Is there a reason I mean, why the he was at Iowa State for eight years? He just had a great thing going with Campbell, and he was like a Campbell rider. He, he ended up he an assistant assistant head coach. Like they elevated him. It wasn't as if yeah. okay. he was just linebackers coach there. You know, it's. I mean, it's Ryan a, for three years. Sorry, For three ahead. years, he all of his linebackers were all conference. Okay, three consecutive years. Every line, every starting linebacker was all conference for three consecutive years. So I guess you kind of answered it by saying he's he was a Matt Campbell guy. He loved playing for him. But when I first heard how long he was there for, it was like, well, why didn't he ever get upgraded to a DC somewhere else? Like, why why was it? It's eight just years? comfortable, probably. Yeah. You think he was the one turning him down or not interviewing? I don't I don't point? know enough about him at this point to tell you that <laughs> confidently. I just it, it seemed like for yeah. whatever reason he was with him before Iowa State came with him to Iowa State and just kind of you know made a made a okay. spot there. Yeah, I got you. One just one other kind of throw that out there because one other that, that was what I was curious about. One other Ty Royer. Um that can't go without being mentioned is just his ties to Ohio. Um, he doesn't have the direct Cincinnati tie, but I, I, I know that was one thing that was mentioned numerous times in the press conference. And, and another thing that obviously Iowa state recruited uh, Cincinnati and Ohio really well. So um, I, I think that's another additional thing that goes into it. Obviously recruiting is a lot different now, but uh, he's going to know the high school coaches. He's going right, to know the general people he's got to deal with. Right, Ohio. He's is. he's from yeah, he's from Logan, Ohio, which is about 20 minutes from 20 25 minutes from where I'm at, uh, about 10 15 minutes north of Athens. There you go. S- swing by and and say what's up to all the the Loganeers out there. I don't, I don't know that that's what they're called. We'll ride with it. Yeah, I mean, Ohio, we all know how rich Ohio is in talent and knowing those hot spots, knowing how important it is, I am pretty happy about that because 
But one thing I think Ohio Ohio produces really well, I think it's defensive players. Um, mm-hmm. You kind of see a lot of day a lot. The trend nowadays is the uh, the coasts and like south and and out west produce a lot of good skill players. But I think when it comes down to like tough ass, good ass defensive players, I think Ohio, like you're talking about um, with good safety, uh, good linebackers, good interior um, D linemen that are going to be reliable. Um, I I really I really like what Ohio and that this kind of like close Midwest the surrounding Midwestern area uh, can do. But I, I, I just get nervous sometimes being that the bulk of the team is on their third defense, right. different defense. That kind of makes me nervous sometimes. But like you mentioned, with him being a, uh, a guy who knows the conference, he's, he's had his scheme kind of locked down in his mind. Um, that does reassure me slightly. So when I think he says, oh, we got to evaluate – blah, 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 like what we really want to run. We're like, come on, man. We know you're going to run your shit. As I said to Brent Brent before the show, I I would be surprised if they're not in a 3-3-5, 3-safety look. We got to give him props for – he he said all the right things. So, you know. He did. I'm just saying, like, that's a system that he helped create. Yeah. I would expect that's going to get the first crack. Maybe they don't have the people for it, and they do have to change it up. But right. I, I would guess it gets a long look before they get to that point is what I would guess. When you saw the portal additions, uh, there, there's a bulk of safeties, you know. Sure. And uh, I, I don't know if it's kind of luck falling into that scenario with, you know, because obviously all those additions happened before the hire. But um, they've, they, they've added depth in that safety room, that's for sure. Which might not be depth if there's three starters. Right. Well, well, then they've just added <laughs> talent, period. I know. I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, if there's two safeties, you think you got some depth there. If there's three right. starting safeties. We need y'all to like, play. <laughs> yeah. Everybody going to have to be ready. Right. I'm loving the Riffin' with Royer segment. I, I just can't wait. The man behind the curtain. Where you at, Royer? <laughs> oh, sorry. I was just doing something. Is there a position group? Do you think is going to improve? Do you think that safety position, or do you think that safety position is going to be kind of? Is this question on, two? Maybe not as or ready. Is this like, is this question like two, part or two we... of the first question okay. was like? All right, I'm just making sure we haven't moved on. Is going to look. <laughs> was kind of how do you think um, we're going to look versus, and then on top of it, like who do you think is going to kind of succeed the most in this new look position? I mean, wise? I think I think there's so many new defensive backs, and rightfully so. That, like, it's going to take a little bit watching everybody and, like, getting my eyes on everybody. You can look at tape and how they looked in another system, but I just don't think that, for me, I don't love that. It's like I'm going to I'm gonna expertly speak on it, watching them play somebody else's defense. So I think that's going to be a great conversation uh, in the spring of, like, who looks like they belong. You know, I think they're going to be pretty solid at linebacker. Um, and, and you brought in like a linebacker expert, essentially, um, did they find some guys off the edge that can get after the quarterback? I was going to say between, between the defensive line, especially along the edge and, and the secondary, they, they, they both have to make a step forward. So whichever one takes the bigger leap, 
good on you, but they both have to be improved. Yeah, I, I kind of mentioned this at a previous at a previous BVP, but um, just the fact that it seems like you've added just talented safety, you know, safeties to that room. I think that will help out the corner position as well. Um, I'm, I'm maybe you see a, a good rise of progression out of the Jordan Young, good, you know. But the main room that I'm looking at, obviously, you know what you're kind of getting with the D line. Maybe Bartlett is kind of that guy that really adds that pass rushing element um, off the D line as well. But that the linebacker room, like you're saying, Chad, I, I think there's two potential stars in that room um, that were both just young players getting a wealth of experience and and Thompson and Dingle. So um, you guys know, I love me some Jonathan Thompson. Not that I don't love Dingle. I do, but Jonathan Thompson from the day he got to campus was a name that I was like, man, this kid has a a knack for being around the ball. Well, high school, he was, he was ready to blow up and then he got hurt his senior season and, and, you know, was out for a while. So yeah, I'm excited to see what, what he does with those linebackers as well. All right, Ryan. Number two, Ryan. Sorry, I was pulling it up. Are you eggs, eating? Are you? Eggs. What are you eating? What are you eating? Just, just. I'm eating. I haven't. On. I haven't fucking ate today. I'm sorry. Can I see your? What are you eating? Ryan, you show us. We're, Ryan. I was eating popcorn. <laughs> Homemade yeah. popcorn. Ryan. Eat during the basketball segment. We like if this. You can't eat during ripping with Royer. This I is know. your segment. To, I'm done now. I was trying to hold off, but I okay. couldn't. I was like, God <laughs> damn. Homemade popcorn? Like, did someone, did someone cook it up on the on the stove? I got, a, I got an air popper. An air pop what? it in the little machine. You ever seen one? No of way. Yeah, did it turn out pretty good? Me for Christmas. It's great. Wow. Okay. Shout out, Jamie. Do you put your own butter in it? I just or do, like, olive oil guy? spray and then, like, some flavored seasoning. Today I did like some Oil buffalo spray. and ranch. Oh, it was good. Royer. All right. Yeah, we getting after it over here, man. Shouts <laughs> to Jamie. Yeah, shouts out to the girl, man. Shouts out to Jamie. She's yeah, the best. I was gonna say my girl loves stovetop popcorn. That, that's like her. I favorite. haven't had stovetop. Is it? Is it legit? It's oh, it's good. It's really okay. good. I'm gonna have to try it. Yeah. All right. Part two. Okay. Bro. So. We'll segue over to basketball. You know, my expertise. I uh my got the question for how do you what do you think the Bearcats have to do? How do we end up winning two out of three after West Virginia? What needs to happen? Is it the three-point shot? Do we have to just ride that to go steal a game? I don't think they have don't have to ride it. I think they just need to get back to the mean. Like this, look. Yeah. This is not a team that's going to like be elite, uh, a three-point shooting. This is not a team percent in conference play. Yeah, like if they can get back up to 33, 34%, like if you jump 10% game over game with as close as Cincinnati's games have been, you're going to be able to, to steal a couple wins. If, if they keep, keep shooting at 24%, 28%, whatever – Things get a lot more difficult. Like they, they don't need to be great, but they need to be three of nine instead of, you know, one of 12. 
Yeah. I don't think that's a lot to ask. It's not like three of nine is is lighting the nets on fire. I, I mean, well, you could do. You, you, you can do the same. seventeen threes when they beat X by a hundred yesterday. Gosh, I you, I love that stat so much, but then you hear the final part of that stat. You know, the the largest margin of victory for a UConn game since the two thousand eight. Big yeah. season, and I'm just gonna since leave it Mick there. was playing with a bunch of JUCOs. I know, gosh, it just why does it have to revolve back to that, whatever? But yeah, Aaron, you're shaking your head. I see. Answer, answer, Riffin with Royer. Um, when the next to win two of three after West Virginia, you're looking at Texas Tech hosting Houston, hosting Iowa State. Ugh. To win two of three, you don't turn the ball over. Those are essentially the top three teams in the Big 12. But Pretty in much. the standings, Texas Tech, That's Houston, what I was Iowa saying. State, they are the top three. If we can get two, it's like this is huge. Like we did, we obviously did something that was completely different to what we've been doing. And we well, haven't been doing Ryan, that is what I'm saying. But being different would be – have to win tomorrow yes. or Wednesday. Being yes. different, though, would be 30 to 35% from three – would be 70% from the free throw line, would be 10 or less turnovers. Those things would all be different. Yeah, because if we drop West Virginia, I mean, there it's not like that it'll – like we could easily drop all three of those games yeah. after it. Like that's how good yeah. those teams are. Not that we're not good enough, like we don't belong. But that, no, it's just like that's, that's every that's week in this league. That's yeah. every week in this league. You can't go you can't go on an 0 4 tear. So Ryan, let, look at it this way. They had lost two in a row before UCF. If they had lost to UCF at home, reasonable to think things are not trending right. They lose at West Virginia, and then you have the three best teams in the league. That's that one of those reasons seven. that UCF win was <laughs> beyond critical. Beyond yeah. critical. I agree. Yeah. I to answer the question, I think uh I mean Iowa State right now is is probably the one that's that's most likely to to turn UC's way, just kind of based off of how things are going, just I metrically and everything aside, just just what I'm saying. 7170 is the projected final score in that as of right now. Um I'm just saying I've been watching Iowa State and that's oh, gonna yeah. be a fight. That's oh, gonna yeah. be a bloodbath. Well, I think I, I think that's what Cincy brings is a fight. But but what I'm com- no. coming around to say, full circle, is I think that like yes, Houston dominated UCF defensively. Houston is is really good this year, but gosh, it, it's gotta be some time where Wes and the Bearcats figure out Houston, get Houston's number, and, and win a huge game against Houston. You've got a week off of preparation before that game. You've got a chance to get everyone healthy. You've got a chance to come out fully fired. Is neon night at, at the third arena that night? I'm not sure what that means. Neon night. So it's going to be a lot of EDM. Some crazy shit when it comes to a game like that. Top five team. Just stick is to it gonna like, be a rave. Like are we black, having a red rave? or white? <laughs> is there going to be bubbles? Like, it's it, like when they white a, out nipper. It's like, don't do it. Just, just, just laugh. Is there going to be a phone bath? I hope not. For I don't know. Sake. But I heard John Summon is performing at center court during halftime. 
Either way, I gotta think may, maybe they have Houston's number. Come on, let's go. I'd love to see. Yeah, they're zero and five since Wes has been here. Maybe they have Houston's number. What was what it? Two number? Of those games they lost they've been they've been slowly points. slowly chipping away. Or only one of them. I can't remember. Win. What? <laughs> what? 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 Exactly what? Are you talking about? Who? You. What do you mean? They are they are nowhere close to chipping away to Houston. Get out of here. The scores have got his point is the scores have gotten closer. Gotten closer. Throughout they, West's tenure, which is true. They were literally in a position to win at Houston last year. What are you talking about? Till they weren't. Almost doesn't count except in horseshoes and hand grenades, Brent. That was a close game. They had a shot. It, it was. I'm not a. I'm not a fighter with you, Aaron. But I mean, if, <laughs> if you're going to say going from a 40 point loss in year one with Wes to almost beating Houston at Houston last sure, year, sure that it's not, closer than 40. But man, uh, until you actually get a win, they don't count. They're all the same. They're all. That's really, what they, I just said. All, I said they they let, the let that Saturday be, be Saturday be the time. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> What are you talking I just, about? I hope one day I'm as optimistic about anything in my life the way you are. About. I'm not I a big moral victory under, guy, Jeffrey, I, at all. <laughs> I, I'm saying, okay, you are familiar with the way that Kelvin Sampson plays basketball games, right? This is your first time playing all these other Big 12 teams, right? Is it not? Okay. Yes. You're familiar with, with Kelvin Sampson. You are familiar playing against Kelvin Sampson's team for the most part. A lot of the players on Houston this year were, t- were players on Houston last year, right? That's fair. Yeah. They added LJ Cryer. They, they added Damian Dunn. Guess what? You played against Damian Dunn for the last couple of years, right? Until we win a game, I, they all I, I'm the not same. saying – I'm saying they're inching closer and closer. I'm, I'm not trying to find any moral victory or anything. I'm saying why not let this be the time against Houston? That, that's all I'm saying. I'm, I, I hope you're right. If 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 TCU can do it, how come the Bearcats can't? Good little point, Brent. Point, Brent. Good point, Brent. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm Team Brent on this one as well. I agree with you. I mean, Aaron's right. right. Win. Moving on. Beat them. Beat them <laughs> yeah, and then we win. can talk about having Houston's number. I had I, to hit I, Aaron's line there. Uh, all right, but whatever. Roy, go ahead. Moving on, mailbag. All right. Most excited. When? Roy, go. Most excited um, NIL uh, pickup for football to watch in the spring and most excited young guy that you think is going to get some good reps and some good spotlight for development. Wow, an NIL pickup. I like that. Um. I'll, I'll answer the second one first. I'm going to think Sorsby about the first can't, one. Well, I forgot to put the asterisk. Sorsby oh, well, I mean, come on. Because <laughs> that is the team. He is the team. The right. team will ride on him. So we can't, You asked we a got... question that has an easy answer. <laughs> I forgot to put the asterisk, man. We all know everyone. That should be everyone's number one. Um, I know the guy for me, uh, the young guy, and it would be redshirt freshman Barry Jackson. Mm-hmm. We have at least seen a little bit of him, and the little bit we have seen looks like a playmaker. 
looks like someone that is going to be a dude. So uh like I think Pauline esque. I think potentially a chance to be better. Yeah. I, I, but kind you of know, Will had that potential as a true freshman. Yeah. But you just got a little sniff of him and then he kind of like I think, took a big step. I think Barry might be a little <laughs> bit more effective on some of like the jet sweep stuff and like the the a, a little bit more of like the behind the line of scrimmage stuff than than uh-huh. Will was where Will might be a better at, at the same stage might have been a better like you know traditional slot receiver but uh that doesn't uh negate how highly I I think of both in in all regards just when you're kind of looking at like the comparison that's what I that's where I would go but I, I think Barry Jackson has a chance to be to be really good and really impactful on a defense uh but the correct answer is Brendan Sorsby <laughs> His asterisk answer. <laughs> Aaron, Brent, are you? Do you work here? <laughs> give Aaron, Give me baby ahead. face Joe Royer. Ooh, let's go. Staying in the family. At, at tight end, I, I think this is a, a a position group that really needed to improve. Um, we we still have yet to see what Joey Beljohn can can do. And I, I think that Royer was good enough to be brought on at Ohio State. He's not coming off an injury, and I'm excited to see him transferring to Cincinnati. What he can do with a little bit of a little little chip on his shoulder, and uh, see what he can do with with one Brendan Swarsby, which is still the right answer. Brent? Got a youngster, Aaron. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, um, well, he's not young technically. He's Joe old. Royer he's a transfer. A senior. But but he's old. He's new to us. He didn't say newcomer. He said youngster. Well, I'm. They're all young. I'm old. <laughs> um. Well, you do just kiss and make up. Jesus. Chad picked the right one with with Barry Jackson. Um. Maybe uh, what about like a Brian Sims was getting a lot of run. I think early. that's an interesting cho- choice. Raquan Atkins would be another name. Raquan Atkins got to start. I is 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 Carol the answer at the other corner? Um, John John Thompson. Yeah, I, I guess is he a retro sophomore? I guess so. That would retro be... sophomore. Yeah, so yeah. he'd still be pretty yeah. young. He works. Yeah, youngish. Um, if you're bringing up Carol, they were in the same class. Yeah. Right. Right. So um I I think those are kind of be the names. I, I feel like a lot of that kind of just the the young depth kind of dissipated, if you will. Um and, and it's kind of get getting the overturn you're seeing the new the new faces coming in that he's been able to bring in through the portal and, and through recruiting of their own. Um as far as out of the portal, you gotta take away Soresby. Um I I guess Bartlett would be the one that I would want to see have the biggest year. That would mean that they found an answer for a big time pass rusher, someone who can come in and kind of really take control there. Um, safety, they had a lot of good things to say about Kai Stokes, uh, uh, both Satterfield and also Nico on the uh, on the pod, and then 
What about a little little lightning in a bottle? Evan Pryor getting uh, getting healthy and just being a being a Jerome Ford esque behind you know next to uh one. Court. I didn't know we were on the sucking on the Buckeyes train tonight. Hey, well, well, if you were on with, with wow, Luca, Luca, you would have heard about it. <laughs> wow, hey, I, I got, I got to throw that in there. I gotta, I gotta, add yeah. a little, I gotta add a little heat to this. Honorable mention though to uh, to Dakari Anderson, who a lot of people have been talking a lot of good things about him this off season. So, little another youngster. There we go. Mm-hmm. I like that. I think Evan Pryor is is due. Um, he's I think he's really talented. He's really talented coming out of high school. Did mm-hmm. he got injured right at Ohio State once yeah, or twice? Yes. So, I mean, I because Corey he, the way Corey runs the ball, he's not gonna be able to run the ball like twenty five times a game. That's a guy you want to run the ball fifteen to twenty. Get Evan anywhere from like eight to fifteen carries, and we'll. I mean, that's it's a great one two punch. I mean, I'm I'm really excited about about him, and and I agree on that Stokes pickup too. Um, Especially so yeah, with the new three three five safety. Yeah, are you gonna uh, are you gonna call him on on sucking on Buckeyes and then just <laughs> rattle off Buckeyes again? Because it's funny. I just had to do. I had to say it. it was, you sucked it was on a Buckeye good. too, but you know I, what? They are. Tasty. I know <laughs> they are they are tasty treats though. If you if you like Buckeyes, they you can take yeah, the kid out of Columbus. But you can't take the Columbus out of the kid. Who are you talking to? Me? Chocolate. <laughs> chocolate and the peanut butter. Hey, I didn't even I forgot we even had those guys, to be honest with you. You guys were just so in on them. Oh you yeah, you forgot. Mr. Mr. Bearcat. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh boy. That was my last question, gentlemen. That was All actually right. good. That was tree of them. That was a really good segment. I, I actually thoroughly enjoyed your segment. So uh Riffin with Royer. Uh the the sponsorship for that is coming soon. Looking forward to it. Uh timestamp, quick paper supply, your local and family-owned restaurant supply company. For all your non-food products, they provide mostly disposable restaurant supplies, products like to-go containers, cups, pizza boxes, to-go bags, can liners, napkins. They've been open since 2009 and are one of the largest minority-owned companies in the city. Call Nick at 513-470-2029 and reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. Oh, baby. Um, I we kind of covered what I was going to bring up next as far as the, uh, you know, the... Tyson the, Bite. Yeah, I don't know yeah, if we have a whole lot else to say about yeah. that. Um, and Other than, I, I do want kudos to Satterfield. Yeah, he had a bunch of guys that were qualified for this job that were from his coaching tree. Right. And I asked about it first thing right out of the shoot today. Would have been very easy to just boop, call that guy. He's the new defensive coordinator. Instead, went out of his comfort zone. He targeted a guy that has been part of a defense that has been one of the best defenses in the country in spite of playing in an offensive heavy league that you are now a part of. Mm -hmm. So I think that is the most important takeaway. Like we joke around about, will it be the, the three high safety three, three, five, 
um he did like raise his eyebrows a little bit at me in the press conference like that's you're asking me about that yeah coach yeah we talk ball here we talk ball we talk ball you playing three high safeties or what dog talked a lot about water over there in Ames we talk football here in Cincinnati we talk ball I gotta go I gotta be ready for Riffin with Royer tonight I got questions give, give me a good answer sir <laughs> but I, I think that's a key for me in this thing was he did not limit himself and, and coaches it's something that they, they're just programmed to do i've worked with this guy i know this guy um let's let's just take this guy out move this guy in keep it moving i was an important hire for a guy that coaches offense and doesn't spend a whole lot of time on the defense go get a dude and hopefully that's what they did. Right. Did you watch the Shromshaw rant? You're muted. You're muted. Jesus. My mouse went out. What the what did you say? The Shromshaw rain. No, what is that? <laughs> Hop on the uh <laughs> Go Bearcats football account. They they got a little uh Little, it, they did a new like let it fly uh, version, let it fly thing type okay. thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that take that that little motto. I think it's pretty. I think it's cool. Fifteen minute video that that you get to watch. Oh, really? Yeah, fifteen minutes. Heavily involving Nico Palazzetti. My guy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Chad, Aaron, did you guys get to get to take it in? I checked it out. Yeah, it was good. I thought you know. I think there was a lot of things that this fan base needed to hear. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're outside of the Bearcat Journal community, it's the first time you're hearing him. Uh, if you're inside the Bearcat Journal community and you've watched us with Nico and and uh, Coach yeah, Card yeah. Cardwell, like, yeah. like, look, you know what this is about. They they have owned up. Last year was not good enough. We better fix this shit because this program deserves better than not good enough. So uh, I think it was a good message overall. Um, from our perspective, it's it's stuff we've been talking about since the season ended. Um, so I have to remind myself that when I watch it and go, oh, I'm not learning anything. Oh, yeah, well, this is what you do every day. It's not for you. Right. It's for the people that, you know, that, that aren't eating and sleeping and breathing this every day. Mm -hmm. um, but overall, I thought the message was was on point. It was what it needed to be. Um, and you know, I think that's uh, it's a good starting point for connecting with the fans this offseason. Aaron, thoughts? I didn't have a chance to watch, I didn't even know anything about it until about three minutes before we started this podcast. So. <laughs> All right, there we go. All right, um, well, it's what did you think, Brent? Uh, I a lot of like what you said, Chad. Um, it's it's definitely if if you finish the season frustrated and you know pissed off about how how it went then you watch that and you're like okay faith faith is starting to be restored a little bit and you're you're starting to get that feeling like okay yes they they are heading in the right direction trying to you know say hey we know it sucked too that's not like us um seems like they're gonna go kind of like an intention training method like uh royer like what you guys went through uh so it it, it kind of seems like 
that's that's what they're saying. You know, Nico mentioned it's going to be some of the hardest hardest things you have to go through, not only physically but you know mentally and everything. You're going to wake up some days and and wonder if this is even worth it. And, you know that, that sort of uh, you know pushing through and and handling it. And then you have have players like Dante Corleone and Corey Kiner on there as well, voicing the same things that the coaches are saying. So, um, yeah, I think I think it did everything it needed to do. I'm excited to see how it continues. Because I love, I love watching those and just seeing the the new faces that that start to pop up yeah. in the videos and, and and start to cut. You kind of see how they they're working, how they're meshing with the other uh, players and the coaching staff. So, I I liked it. I I enjoyed it. Nico had me fired up, man. Nico, Nico on the pod is is awesome. Nico in front of these guys in the weight room is is a whole different level, and it's awesome. So, um, I liked it. I, th- I thought it was really, really well put together and uh, excited to see how it continues to roll. But uh, one last shout out real quick before we head into the, uh, the PBP mailbag. Chad. Kylie Kelsey, okay. how about that? Uh, with, the, with the little seat paw on. Rocking a little seat paw. How about that? Jason stayed quiet, stayed in the background this weekend, didn't, didn't make a lot of noise. I'm guessing that's because he didn't spend... Well, he probably didn't spend a couple hours. I know he didn't spend a couple hours with Caleros and Carrie before the game. And um, you're in Baltimore. You do not walk around in Baltimore as the older brother of the other player's best team. Partying at the tailgates. A little different. A little different. I mean. I, I imagine he'll probably be tailgating it up in Vegas. Sure, there'll be Kansas oh, yeah. City fans there. Like they'll welcome him. Buffalo loves him. He is Buffalo. Like th- everything about Bills Mafia is Jason Kelsey. So they legitimately like love him. So when they see him, even though he's like on the other side, they're like, "Oh, he's one of us." Here's a bowling ball. Do a shot. Like they love it. Baltimore. What'd you say, motherfucker? Like that ain't. That ain't it. That ain't where you're rolling around with your boys partying in the parking lot. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. But so that means by the time he got to the press box, he didn't have 40 beers already in him. Yeah. <laughs> and you can tell the wives and girlfriends group chat said wear red to the game. Yeah. And guess what Kylie did? She went into went into the closet, pulled out a Cincinnati sweatshirt. Rocking the sea paw at the game in a picture with Taylor Swift. I know Aaron probably left because that reference is coming, but the sea paw slowly and steadily heading to being worn by Taylor Swift and blowing up the internet for all Bearcat fans out there. So, um, but awesome to see that. And yet again, Kelsey back in the Super Bowl. Travis also setting the record for most receptions for a uh, wide receiver slash tight end, blah, 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 um, in playoff history. So, Topping Jerry Rice, and I loved in the post game press conference. They said he was like, "Oh wow, shouts to Jerry Rice." So I mean, it's just like, okay, here we go, the boy. Um, but yeah, awesome to see. Uh, but yeah, let's go ahead and, and mail bagger up. Let's. That's a BBT timestamp brought to you by Quick Paper Supply, local family owned restaurant supply company for all your non food products. Provide a wider range of food service products from to-go containers, cups, custom printed products, eco-friendly, and much more. Cleaning and restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs. Call Nick, 
2029 and reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. All right, let me finish typing up this timestamp here. All right, and opening up the mailbag. Only one question in the football portion of the mailbag here where we start. A lot of them have announced they are joining Cincy Reigns and then posting volunteer images. So what does this mean? Also, if someone doesn't announce, does that mean they are not a part of the collective? It means they have signed with Cincy Reigns and that they can go out in the community and work events and get paid for them uh, as an extension of the collective. Uh, that's what it means. Um, if someone doesn't announce, does that mean they are not a part of it? No, we've seen people not announce. Josh Minkins was here for a week and a half and didn't announce that he was coming to Cincinnati. He was enrolled in classes, in cla like taking class, and didn't announce. Last year, Xavier Henderson, we knew about that for what, Aaron, a month? Something like that. And he just didn't announce until he showed up uh, the first day of school and then was like, oh, yeah, uh, I'm here. So th that does not mean that. Um, some guys make things public. Some guys don't. I don't know that it means that everybody has signed with Cincy Reigns. Uh, but the ones that have will have some opportunity to, uh, to make some money uh, doing work in the community as part of the collective. And that does it for the football portion of the mailbag this week. Moving on to the basketball portion of the mailbag. What does Dan have to do to play himself into a first-round draft grade, and how likely is it that could happen this season still? I, I really only see one way it could happen this season, and that's he goes into the NCAA tournament. And, you know, on national TV, looks like a monster for a couple games. Um Right now, he's just still got some inconsistencies that scouts are going to see, that NBA teams are going to pick apart. He's on the radar, and if he keeps improving, uh, I mean, what? I guess I won't rule out. If he, if he averages 22 a game the rest of Big 12 play, there could be some people uh, raise their eyebrows. But short of that, the scouts know he's probably still at least a year away. I think they're thrilled that he's – taking the steps that we've seen him taking. Um, but he's still got some, still got some, uh, some work to do and that's okay. That's what Johnny Dawkins talked about after the game. That's how this thing used to work. You get to see a guy as a sophomore and guess what? Then you saw him again as a junior and you're like, Oh damn. Or like John Newman, you see him in year six and you're like, that dude's playing the best basketball of his life. Yeah. Cause he's 24. Grown-ass man. <laughs> yeah, I I think it would have to be the, you know, the tournament jump onto, onto draft boards that, you know, you've seen players do in the past. Um, and then normally they're they're kind of overdrafted because of that. But, hey, if you, if you lead the team all the way to, you know, the Final Four, Elite Eight, granted national championship, then, then yeah, you're going to vault up some draft boards, especially if you are able to have the athletic ability and scoring ability and 
different things that Dan brings intangibly. So Matt that Dan's not that young. Yeah, Dan's, Dan's not that Dan's young. Pretty old for his age. He's twenty. He's a twenty-one year old sophomore. sophomore. That's not pretty old for his age, huh? <laughs> I was eighteen. Yeah, as a sophomore, like as a sophomore, I I didn't hit twenty-one till a junior midway midway through the year. He is he is old for his age here. Yeah, that's what Brent. I, I was repeating yeah. what Brent said. I'm I'm acknowledging you're funny. Yeah, that was a funny. What, what did I say? He was pretty old for his age. I mean, he is. Well, I mean, NBA draft age. There you go. I know, but you said. Are you familiar the with the NBA draft age? Jeez, Aaron is just like all systems fire at me tonight. I'm, I'm here Just for make it. jokes. I make jokes but where they're 21 in. years old is a, that, that's an NBA draft age faux boo. If he was, you know, if he just turned 18, one of those like crazy guys that is, is enrolled as a true freshman at the age of 17. And then as a sophomore, they're 18 years old, and that's it. Then you. Well, like, if he was just 19, it would be in. They'd see him in a different light. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 18, 19. Yeah. I'm going to answer 20, the last. He's, he's pretty young. I'm going to answer the last part of the question. Just how likely is it this could happen this season? Still, I don't think there's a chance that he plays himself into a first round grade to be one of the top 30 guys in this class. I don't see it. The only thing is uh, NBA draft is really weak, but yeah, there's too many facets that he's. I don't think he'll. There's a lot of guys that look legit. Watch it. Watch a Big Twelve game. Right. <laughs> right. All right. West said early on in tenure he wants to press defensively. Surprised he doesn't press to create easy baskets. Not really. I think they when they've tried it, they haven't exactly been great at it. Um, I also think at, you know, at the, at the level that he was at, it's much easier to do that than at this level. Almost every team has an elite ball handler, has, you know, size to throw over a press, has ways to beat you. Um, we've seen West Virginia do it at times and the results have been wildly inconsistent. So um, I, I just don't think in this league. Now, I'm surprised we haven't seen it a little more, although we do see Day-Day pick up three-quarter court a lot um, just to kind of disrupt a guy. But, but you haven't seen, like, much 2-2-1 two, two, or 1-2-2 two, two, or man press. Like, you haven't seen a lot of a lot of that unless the situation dictates it. I am a little surprised we haven't seen it more, but I think it's just it's really hard at this level, man. It sounds great in theory. The players are so good. They're so good. Yeah. I I mean, it, once you see a press come at you, the, the coach calls out some press break offense, and all of a sudden they're they're getting a layup at the other end. I, you know, it, if, if you haven't done it in game situations up to this point, then you're not going to want to throw it in during a Big 12 game. Uh, so I think kind of telling during the, uh, during the non-conference when they didn't really – do too much with it i think you kind of saw then and, and a lot of that had to be probably the fact that there wasn't really any roster continuity throughout the the entire off season i, I mean non-conference season it was just all you know who's who's eligible who's not injured who didn't get hit by a car you know it's a crazy <laughs> it, was, it was a crazy difficult thing to throw together and coddle a, a roster yet remember that guy that got struck by lightning yeah <laughs> yeah Try to one up Seamus. Oh, golly. 
But uh, yeah, there's an injury I've never talked about that people would. It was a summer thing, and it wasn't a major deal. But just some of the stuff is like, how do you you couldn't you couldn't make this up? I was looking up Anthony Richardson, uh, like injuries, complete sideways thing. But like one of his injuries when he was a quarterback at Florida, that uh, Dan Mullen would like made a big stiff about was like. Yeah, Anthony didn't get any time today in the game because he injured himself dancing in his hotel room over the weekend. <laughs> it's just like, okay, injuries just like the other, what was it? King Griffey Jr. got hurt in his in his boat. Yeah, there's guys that have fallen downstairs. Yeah, there's guys like, that have cut him cut themselves making dinner, like sliced a finger almost off. Like, yeah, he'll be he's gonna be out for a couple of weeks. Yeah, he, uh, he cut his finger off chopping some onions. Yeah, celebrating a field goal. I think somebody broke their, their like cut themselves really bad opening a bottle of champagne or wine or something at some point. Gosh, I remember watching some of the videos. Royer, did you guys like run down like some crazy stairs to get to the weight room back in the day? I remember watching some like videos like hyping yeah. everyone up. <laughs> and I was like, God got wiped out on those stairs a couple times at squat. Oh, I, was, I was like, that looks like <laughs> it's hard to like Get down those stairs with that much energy that they're bringing. But yeah, one, I mean, no one ever, out. no one ever, no one ever got hurt, believe it or not. But yeah. there was potential. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Did the loss of Mike Roberts last summer hurt the development of the big men, particularly at the offensive end? Uh, I would say it's it, it's been an impact. Um, I don't know how huge of an impact, but been doing it a long time you got me yeah you muted out for a second there um mike was a, a really good big man coach and had done it in a lot of different places for a long time so um you know if you lose somebody like that it's it's gonna have an impact um i don't think they've been bad i, I would like to see them be more consistent and maybe that's you know what you what you'd lose with Mike Roberts leaving. Chad, does the basketball team have an alternate Jersey that looks like Pitt? If they do, should they wear them on the road? If they want to lose by 50. Yes. Now I'm not going to say anything too bad about those jerseys. Apparently there's a tie to uh, childhood cancer and they are the colors uh, of somebody that works at Xavier that lost their son to childhood cancer. And those uniforms were a tribute, but um, I would say if you're going to do it, like why, why look exactly like somebody else? Like you can use the colors and still look like how you look instead of looking like Pitt uh, and then trailing 39 to seven, uh, five minutes before halftime. All right. <laughs> If Wes were to walk into a karaoke bar, what song would he be singing to describe the Bearcat Big 12 experience so far? Bonus question, what song would he be singing if talking about his John Newman III experience? Superman, uh, hooked R. on a feeling. Hooked on a feeling for the Big 12 experience so far, right? Those wins are uh, addicting. They are unlike any American athletic conference win. So I'll go hooked on a feeling. I unbelieving. Hmm. 
Brent? Huh. Um, man. Uh, that's, a, that's a toughie. Um, a song right off the don't, head. Uh, don't stop believing. Hold on to that feeling. Pretty good one. Pretty good one. I like that. Alive, Pearl Jam, which is about something else, but they're still alive. Staying alive can also roll with you. Ah, 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 staying alive. Um, uh, another one bites the dust, maybe. Um, uh, I mean, I don't know what you what you got, Royer. Give us some songs. It's tough. I know. Good work. Good work, Ryan. You're nailing it. Vin vindicated dashboard <laughs> confessional. I didn't see this question, so uh, so uh, it is hard, Roy. You're coming up with a song at, off the top of your head. Um, that was that was my John Newman, the third experience song. Um, by the way, vindicated. I like it. Is there a, um, is there a song just like Warrior? Sure, I am the warrior. Uh, yeah, it's from the 80s. Pat Benatar, maybe? Oh. Joan Jett. Demi Lovato had a 2013 song named Warrior. So let's let's throw that one out there. At the walls of heartache. Bang, bang. Maybe. I, oh, I was, am I was, the warrior. The song, uh, the song this morning I was listening to, Don't Stop Me Now by Queen. Oh, I love that song. It's a good one. Yeah. Are, are you a big Queen guy, Royer? Yeah, I like Queen. I wouldn't say I'm like a Queen freak, but I appreciate it. They lot have of their three songs. or four songs that are amongst the, the all time greatest songs in rock and roll history. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm a Queen They're, guy, Royer. I'm there with you. Yeah. Don't Stop Me Now is awesome. Great song. Yep. I'm having, I'm having a good time. Having a good time. Fantastic. I can see Royer rocking out that in Vegas. Oh, yeah. Don't stop me. I'm having a good time. Are y'all Ryan? You want to put your head in this fan? Don't stop me now. I'm having a good time. Tell Jason Kelsey that I'll uh, do some Sigma Sigma drinking with him down in Vegas. I'll fly myself out there. I'll what are your plans for uh, Sigma Sigma night? Sigma the 150th Sigma anniversary. What are you talking about? I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> the some, some insider some insider info. I'll tell you off the air. I don't want to spoil it. Okay. Anything. Maybe 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 it. throw it up, little John of the East Side boys, because because you know Newman's been dunked in, you know. Or like uh, oh. uh yeah, a little, a little, you know. Yes. <laughs> Represent for his city. Let's see here. I would all for my city. I don't I don't. Go ahead, Aaron. Moving on. UCF game. <laughs> Player of the game. That's easy. John Newman. Top two plays of the game. Yeah, Player of the game. I'm, I, Dan, I, I think like, I'm going Dan. I'm going Dan. Player of the game. I agree. I'm, I'm not. I'm going John. Defensively. Okay. Moment of the game. Put, definitely John. John Dunk was number one. I'd say the Dan, Dan three stunk. to go up five. The dunk was great. I think the pass was better. The the pass from Day Day across the defense. Mm -hmm. um, but I'll go with the play right after that. And the, the crazy thing is, 
Those were three consecutive offensive possessions. Newman dunks on somebody's head to tie it at 50. They get a rebound. Day-Day throws over the top to Dan for a dunk to go up 52-50. And then Dan hits a three, 55-50. And it was it was over kind of right at that point. So crazy that those were three plays consecutively that are probably the most three most important plays of the game. How about although Odie's the Odie block. block? The Odie block was Odie block which led to the to the Dan kind of like awkward spin pass behind his back thing to uh John Newman and one. That was a that was another one. Um sure way up there. Also, the one where where kind of kind of earlier in the half where Dan was kind of falling out of bounds, he he saved uh saved the ball great. in an offensive rebound, and then and then it went back into Odie. They kicked it out, fired right back down to Odie. That was the Seamus pass that you were talking about, and Odie dunked it. Um, there were a, couple, a lot yeah. of good plays. There were, especially in the second half. A lot of good. They plays. were needed, absolutely needed. But Dan on his birthday, twenty-one and seven. And just having those th- those highlight times, especially the, the dagger three as well. Follow that up with dunk of the game. I think we touched on this a little bit. I think we're all in agreement. It is John. Dunk all of the right. season. And I'm loving me some Day-Day Thomas, understanding he is far from perfect. What are your overall impressions of his importance to the team now and the rest of the year as well as in his – as well as his – in season growth. Um, well, as far as Dede Thomas goes, I we kind of touched on it a lot throughout the uh, pod already. A one man press breaker with his ball handling ability, a phenomenal free throw shooter. We need to mention as well, even when the uh, ref passes the ball back when he's not expecting it and it hits him in the face and and he gives the ref a look and the ref just shrugs his shoulders and says what. Um, another one is the fact that like he gets so much separation on shots and, and a lot of these shots are wide open. If they start falling, wow, that's, that's the next level ability. And then of course, last but not least, Chad's take on his defense, which has been some of the best on ball defense that we've seen. So, uh, yeah, I, I think yes, his blemishes, we've all talked about them. We all know what they are, but, uh, his, his, positives have really started to, to, to shine through yeah that separation that you're talking about I, I feel like he gets maybe the most height on his jump shot out of anybody yeah. on this team oh yeah and some of his rebounds too like when it's just him and him like in space he just looks like he gets so high to grab him um mm-hmm. just that overall athleticism at the point guard position that Cincinnati really hasn't had for quite some time is uh it's, it's awesome to see. Um, as, as far as importance, yeah, I mean, he's, between he and Jizzle, they, they've been better than advertised collectively. Um, and I think we've both been we've been impressed with both of them uh, just throughout the season. I, and, do you think that if, if Dede takes that next step and really starts to just kind of knock down his shots – he might be the singular most important team player to take that that next step because I mean obviously if CMOS starts hitting shots, Dan started to already take those steps. Um, you kind of know what you're getting with the bigs, but if Day Day does take that leap, 
then uh, you're you're talking about this team having a whole different level. So, well, couldn't you say the same thing though for Jizzle if he improves that same way oh, on yeah. the defensive side of the ball? Right, right, yeah, yeah, I agree. I, getting there. I, I think, I think Jizzle's Jizzle's offense recently hasn't been as as it's tapered as, off a little bit. Yeah, he he had that one run you know, against BYU in the second half, and then. Um, you know, so he's still consistent with, you know, could knock down a couple, um, you know, mid-range jumpers or two. But, uh, but yeah, I think, I think Day-Day and Jizzle, just the combination is, it's, it's getting better. Definitely getting better. Agreed. All right. And the last question of the mailbag, moving into the Banks portion. Of course, it's Skins. Skins a little light in the question this week, which should work in getting us out of here but rapid fire chad do you ever wish you could launch people into a volcano when reading game threads yes i do wish that who has the best roles at a restaurant and why is it red lobster it can't be red lobster because you asked the question red lobster has biscuits they're not rolls if the question is rolls the answer is Texas Roadhouse. Hmm. Cinnabutter Nation. That shit's good. That's Are good. you team Texas Roadhouse? I am I mean, I, proudly. And yeah, it's good. It's quality. I've I have never been, so we need to go. And I I want to try these rolls. I I see these these oh records that Brent, these kids. Brent are would eat a hundred of those rolls. Brent, that's like. <laughs> It's, it's like the place to go for date night here in in Athens. It's one of the few <laughs> like rest like sit down restaurants that's not. Well, well if you fast start food. to like, oh, they got an Applebee's out there, man. The yeah, there, there, there's the Applebee's. <laughs> if, well, there's Aaron, Arby's. Well, Aaron, if you like me again, we can go on a double date. You, you and the missus, and then me and the missus, and go to Texas Roadhouse. I, I can. If you I can drive double. through Athens again and yeah. actually in stop Athens. and. Let me yeah. know that you're you're coming through. Okay. Best okay. bread in general. Look, man, those Cheddar Bay biscuits are incredible. Incredible. Uh, I I really like the Outback bread, the the brown wheat Outback rye. bread. I can't it's let not you rye. go. It's actually, wheat. I think you you can't gloss. It was pumpernickel. Is, is, pumpernickel? is the Outback bread? Okay, I knew it wasn't rye. That's all. I, that's um, what I know. Montgomery but, Inn is uh, really good bread. They but, have, but we can't gloss over O'Charlie's. I thought O'Charlie's had some pretty da damn good rolls. They have, they have good rolls. Actually, as well. you know who the best is, but very few people know about. Uh, Rafferty's does croissants with honey butter. So does uh, Charlie's. Well, no, he had best at best bread. This Jeffrey Geoff Geoffrey came in with best bread, so we're opened it up to all contenders. Uh. I'm just Rafferty's is a sleeper. They're not the best, but a croissant with honey butter on it is pretty damn good. All right. And la last of all, who has the most unique Bearcat Journal name? Turd Killer or Bygus Dicus? That is not it. Uh, big I'll go Big Dickus. Bigus. <laughs> Big biggest dickus, biggest dickus. Actually, you want to know my favorite uh, Bearcat Journal name, and it's been my favorite for a long time. It was one of the early members, 
Lucy loves bananas. That was a good one, yeah. Rest in peace, Lucy. Lucy loves bananas. Shouts to Lucy. Yeah. Did you know That's Lucy Ryan? Did you ever meet Lucy? You never uh, met the Bearcat? From the no. zoo? Never met her. Lucille. Lucy. Lucy. Every time like they would Miss bring her out to Fifth Third Arena, the guy holding her would just be feet, like feeding her chunks of banana. So somebody so showed up on the board as Lucy loves bananas. And that's been like my Mr. favorite. Mr. Bearcat should be required to wear the Bearcat like Britney Spears with the with the snake. Yeah. Best non-app <laughs> starter food. What the hell is a non-app starter food? What I'm talking about. Starter salad? foods are apps, right? Like is it a salad? Caesar salad. <laughs> what kind of stupid question is that? <laughs> yeah. I love you, Geoff. Just because they put it on the menu with a different name, they're trying to trick you, Geoff. It is an app. It belongs in the app section. Non, uh, these are not apps. They're trying to trick you into ordering them because you're like, I'm not hungry. I don't want an app. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get something else that's definitely not an app. That they serve me at the exact same time I would get my appetizer. Is that like a soup? <laughs> like, a, like a chowder? Like soup and salad is the only answer. Wings? A quesadilla? Wings are an app. They're in the app section everywhere. They're Quesadillas usually just are in the app section. Wings are usually on wings. They're their own if they, portion no, of if the they're, menu. If, they're, if the if restaurant specializes restaurant. in wings, yes. If they don't, they're on the app section. Right there, Chips next salsa, to like they just bring that shit to you free here. A quesadilla. All right, that's the salad. mailbag. Get us, a, get us out of here, Brent. Soup. I love soup. Give me a good soup in the winter. I Roy, think Joffrey, Joffrey wants everyone to say breadsticks. I love chicken tortilla soup. I love chicken that tortilla shit. soup's outstanding. Yep, no argument there. What's your thoughts on wedding soup? Good wedding chicken soup. Sausage, to pander to my chicken heritage. sausage gumbo. Ooh. Is that a soup? I love a good, yeah, gumbo. I, I think gumbo would can be, be considered a soup. It's I agree. brothy. Gumbo is a soup. Don't don't turn it into a jambalaya because then it's jambalaya. That's not a soup. Jambalaya is <laughs> not a soup. Gumbo is a soup. Shake your your boy Shake your boy Ty. Shake might be one of the most powerful snacks to ever be created. Shake is watching Interstellar for the fifth time in Ty's apartment. <laughs> And then going to the UDF on um, down Clifton Avenue and getting a milkshake and doing that twice a week. Wow. That sounds like when I thought of shake, I thought of something that I didn't think was what you were thinking of. But then by the end of your description, you about the... <laughs> I, I felt like maybe we were talking about the same thing. Yeah, that's what shake I was is what yeah, like... Shake is what happens uh, right before you end up at UDF. And drink a twelve dollar milkshake, <laughs> and watching oh, yeah, Interstellar yeah, yeah. for the fifth time, or like shake that ass. No, it's still not what I was thinking. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Yeah. <laughs> shake is the best Code word for a get us out of here, Brent. Plastic bag. Um, yeah, you know what? That, that's fantastic, BBP guys. Um, and and anything else? You know, stay tuned. It was it, there was a monster. Uh, Brent, we're at 159. Get us the fuck out of here. It's a Monster Junior Day this past weekend. Stay tuned into BCJ. More more updates as that continues to expound. There's big games, two of them. Two road games that's upcoming. 
week. Stay locked into those. But uh, there's nothing else to say. No more to add. Uh, yet again, another fantastic BBP presented by BearcatJournal.com. See ya! <laughs>